Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to this episode of the GCSE Physics Revision Podcast with me, Helpful Hint. Today, we're going to be looking at electricity, so let's get started. This episode is for both combined and separate science. Electricity is quite a difficult concept to get your head around. We use it every day, but can never really see it. We might talk about flow, but why can we not pour it? The basic way to look at it is a transfer of energy, and it does this by hitching a lift on electrons. Now hopefully you're already aware that things are made up of atoms, which in turn are made up of even smaller things, one of which is called an electron. Electrons are tiny, and there are millions of these all around. An electron has a negative charge, and we can group all of these smaller charges into a large one called a coulomb, which is our unit of charge. It has the symbol of a capital Q and units of coulombs, a C. So be careful if you see this in any formula. And yes, it is confusing and it gets a little bit more confusing further on. So we can think of a coulomb as a bunch of electrons. When we have a complete circuit, provided these electrons have something to push them, then we'll have electrons flowing around our circuit, normally in one big loop. If we think about a simple circuit, say a battery and a bulb, then the electrons will leave the negative side of the battery and travel along the wires to the positive end via the bulb. We call the rate of flow of this charge current. Current has the letter I and is measured in amps. Because it's the rate of charge, it's how much current we have per second. If we were to stand next to our circuit with a stopwatch and a very powerful microscope and measured how many coulombs of charge passed a certain point each second, that would be our current. In an exam, you might be asked to work out current over a certain length of time. In that case, it's charge divided by time. The bigger the number, the more coulombs of charge are passing in a second. Now, a minute ago, we mentioned a push on these electrons to force them around our circuit. Electrons can't just go on their own. We need something to supply the energy they'll carry. In our circuit's case, it's going to be the battery. The battery gives what we call a potential difference. The battery gives the electrons a potential energy, and this will be a higher number than the electrons which return to it, hence the term potential difference, which you may also hear as voltage, as that's what we measure it in. Volts is our unit here with the symbol V. It's how much energy we give each coulomb of charge, so our collection of electrons which are flowing around our circuit. To work it out, we would do energy supplied divided by number of coulombs. It can sometimes help to remember volts is the same as joules per coulomb, to help understand exactly what it is. This also comes in useful when we look at other equations in another episode later. So we have a push from the battery supplying energy to our flow of charge. What happens when it gets to the bulb then? Well, when the electron gets there, they're greeted by a difficult passage to cross. The bulb is resisting the flow of charge, the flow of these electrons. The electrons then lose some or maybe all of their energy they're carrying trying to get through. They bump into these ions, which are atoms missing electrons in our case, on their journey, which causes a transfer in energy. So this energy might go into making these ions vibrate more. This causes an increase in temperature, increasing the thermal energy store of, in our case, a bulb. As the wire in the bulb gets hotter, it will also start to glow, hence we have light. So we have a resistance to the flow of charge, the current, 
what kind of things might affect our resistance? Well, we can compare it to the corridor in your school. Say you're trying to get down the corridor, but it's lined with other students waiting to get into their classes, and yours is right at the end. On your way, you bump into them, not on purpose, of course. Their resistance to you will be less if the corridor is shorter, as you'll get to your class quicker, and if we have a wide hall, as you can navigate past them easier. This is exactly the same for our resistance in whatever it is we're dealing with, say a wire. The longer and thinner the wire, the harder it is for the current to flow, and so the higher the resistance. This increase in resistance is going to slow us down, so our current will decrease as a result. We can calculate how much resistance is in a circuit if we know our potential difference and our current. Resistance, which is measured in ohms, it's a Greek capital letter omega which you really should look at, is potential difference divided by the current. It might help to remember it as V equals IR, the symbols. Just makes a bit more sense in our heads. The last formula we will look at is one of power. Now we've spoken about power before in our previous topic on energy. You might remember it as the rate of energy transfer. We spoke about rate already. It's how much of something is happening per second. So power is the energy transferred per second. Potential difference is the energy per coulomb and current is the coulombs per second. So what we can do, and if you're good with your fractions you'll be able to see this, is multiply potential difference by our current to get power. So we end up with the formula P equals IV. And of course we measure it in watts. You can be asked to use all of these equations to work out some questions, so do your best to get to grips with the basics of what each term means, as that can help us to remember what it is we're trying to work out. There's a lot in this episode to try and wrap your head around, and it can be difficult without visualising what you're seeing. A website I love to use, and one my students are probably surprised I haven't mentioned it already, is FET, spelt P-H-E-T. It's a great website with loads of useful simulations, not just for physics, and a virtual lab where you can build your own circuit and see the electrons moving around. I would thoroughly recommend you go and have a go, as it helps me to explain to my students these trickier concepts. Have a go at some questions as well on websites like Physics and Math Tutor and BBC Bite Size to have a practice in using these equations. Next episode, we'll look at a series and parallel circuits and what that means for what we've spoken about today. Have a great week, and I'll speak to you soon.